Look at my butt. Show number 225 of Look at His Butt, LT and JK Talk Trek. Hey listeners, this is Lena. Just wanted to give you a heads up that what you're about to hear is actually half a show, not a whole show, because technology was against us the entire time. We started to record the show. We got about halfway through. We had to quit because there was a thunderstorm in Chicago that was threatening to devour the internet. And then we came back and we recorded and somehow the first half of the show got completely messed up and it's my fault. So we thought rather than not give you anything, we'll just give you the second half of the show. And at some point we will recreate the first half of the show because there was a lot of interesting stuff in there. So pretend like you've heard the first half, pretend like we had our little break, and then this is us coming back from the break for the second half of the show. It'll be better next time, promise. Hey gang. Hey, we're back. We're back, and during the break, some awesome new news came in, so we are right on top of it. There is a new TV station on cable called Heroes and Icons. Ooh, I like that name. And it is, um, here's what it says, popularity of Star Trek in all its TV iterations makes it challenging to air the classic series with a new wrinkle, but starting Sunday, today, as we are recording this, digital network Heroes and Icons will give viewers the chance to watch the entire original Star Trek series, 79 episodes, and its four spinoffs unedited and uncut oh nice yeah so i scrolled way down i scrolled way down and here it is it is on comcast Mm -hmm. cable vision uh channel 9.4 wwor's digital over the air channel dish and direct tv wow it's on everything that's amazing Yeah. yeah so um now the thing i was at it's got really strange times on where was i looking at Oh, dear. It was something like it's on, um, like, 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time. It's really <laughs> weird. So you're going to have to check. But, yeah. Um, so you can, if you want to go to their website, I'm looking at it now. It's oh, he- heroesandiconstv.com. So and it's a pretty well-built site you know there's a lot Mm -hmm. of stuff here in the star trek section there's uh some links to the trailer for the the love of spock documentary that we just looked at so and they give you episode summaries for all of the things let me see check out the new schedule starts sunday july 24th here we go and it's all five series as you mentioned yeah wow look at all that uh yeah so it says Sunday, July 24th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. So that's the three-hour difference. And they're just going to be showing it. This is not a good way to show the schedule. What the hell are they doing here? Sorry, I'm trying Isn't to figure that out. Yeah. So they're, they're doing – it looks like they're showing – okay, here we go. So this is what they're doing for this particular Sunday anyway. So first they're going to show an episode of TOS – then they're mm-hmm. going to show an episode of TNG. Okay. Then there's an episode of Xena. Then there's an episode of Hercules. Then there's an episode of NYPD Blue. Then there's an episode of Deep Space Nine. Then a Voyager. Then an Enterprise. And then to just uh, kind of wrap it all up is 21 Jump Street after that. <laughs> okay. So that's how they're doing it. So you get uh, like just 
a bunch of episodes in a row and then something else interrupting it and then more episodes. So it's kind of in blocks, but not really. It's kind of a grab bag. It's kind of a grab bag, but you do get to see a bunch of things in a row. Like, it'd be very interesting to watch an episode of Deep Space Nine and then an episode of Voyager and then an episode of Enterprise all in a row. Uh, yeah. That that would definitely Especially since it. I never saw any Enterprise beyond the first episode. Yeah. And really and I'm I not watch- that interested. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so, wow, that's amazing. That, let me not say amazing. That is very cool <laughs> that they're showing it. And I yeah. see that it's on my Comcast cable, so I'm going to check check it out and see um wonder what it replaced wonder what channel was there hmm. i don't know they have very nice pictures the picture of kirk that they're using is from while well, we're no man and he's got okay. the, the different tunic on but he looks very good okay well i would like to review two magazines Please, yeah, you you did some real uh investigative reporting for us so <laughs> yeah, please do yeah, it yeah yeah um These are not fanzines. These are real things you can buy at the drugstore and everywhere. Um, You've probably seen them. Commemorative special issues for the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. And in the drugstore, I briefly uh, flicked through them. I decided the Time magazine one was a waste of my time, so I didn't buy it. Um, I bought the Newsweek and Entertainment Weekly. I went through the Entertainment Weekly in a little more detail because... Uh, Both of them have lots of pretty pictures, so we have to say that right up front. But um, the Entertainment Weekly one, well, neither of them is any longer like mint in box because (laughs) I had to fold down pages and, and, uh, and mark things to be read. And one of the most distressing things, and I am going full out Trekkie here, <laughs> is on page 14. Yeah. Where they're talking, you know, it's an early article about a bold new vision. <laughs> um, they've got four pictures of Captain Kirk. And they have miscaptioned every single one of them. <gasps> oh, my God. Uh- are they okay? Are they miscaptioned? Like the captions are in the wrong places, or they're just wrong? They're just wrong. Okay, oh, wait, wait. Geez. One of them's right. It says Captain Gone Wild in the Enemy Within, a transporter mishap splits Kirk in two, and Shatner gets to play a bad version of his good guy. Okay, one is a close up of him, I believe, when he's yelling, I'm Captain Kirk. <laughs> Can the, the other three are all from the same episode. Can you guess which one it is? Uh, Tribbles? Nope. Not a funny one. Oh, um, a mock time, maybe. No, they are all from Plato's stepchildren. <laughs> including one where he's wearing a laurel, oh, laurel no. leaf. And one where um, Alexander is in the background playing the harp. And then uh, another one... At the top of uh, the same the same spread, it says shore leave. What? Okay, wait. And and here's the description. And they do have the the description sort of right for the picture, but I don't know if they're saying shore leave is the episode. But it says an Argelian belly dancer amuses Scotty McCoy and Kirk. She gets murdered, and spoiler alert: Jack the Ripper's the perp. Uh, so there's that. Why would they do that? I don't know. They had some non-Trekkies reviewing this. I do want to read little bits and pieces because there were a few things in here that were actually interesting. Okay, good. And one was um, when it when it debuted on a Thursday night in 1966, there were 
three choices of what to watch. Bewitched, My Three Sons, <laughs> or Star Trek. And most people watch Bewitched. But here's what some of the critics said. When Star Trek first aired, the critics thought it was schlock. An astronautical soap opera that suffers from interminable flight drag, snipped the New York Times. Clumsily conceived, complained the Boston Globe. And even Isaac Asimov gave it a thumbs down in his 1966 TV Guide article on the show, taking offense at its scientific inaccuracies. There seems to be some confusion as to the difference between a planet and a star. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's a really nice quote from Neil Armstrong, and he said this in 2004. I'm hoping for my next command to be given a Federation starship. I didn't know he said that. He said that. It's in Entertainment Weekly. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a wonderful thing. Okay. Uh, There is a little blurb here about uh, the Klingon language. Mentions our buddy, Mark Okran. Yay! And, um... It, it, this is interesting. It says, it is a challenging language to say the least. Klingon isn't especially useful for everyday conversations since a lot of its several thousand words have to do with space warfare. <laughs> and most of its colloquial phrases are insults like, I'm going to hope I can say this right. You know what it means? No. What does it you, mean? Your mother has a smooth forehead. <laughs> That's awesome. What a great insult. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now, here's one of the, another one of the epically, epically wrong things it gets. Mm-hmm. It, it gets or things it gets wrong. Um, it's in the, the section of the magazine about the movies. And it's talking about um, Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. And here, okay, get ready to just like choke. Okay. Friendship wasn't front and center in the original series. Oh, come. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm outraged already. Okay. Already. True. The Enterprise crewmates were adventurers joined together on a common mission, and it was always clear that Spock respected Kirk and McCoy, but it was the respect of a co-worker. But because the Star Trek films had to keep finding ways to bond these former crewmates together, the films also foregrounded the relationships between the main crew members. Throughout the six films starring the original cast, younger Starfleet officers are given things to do, blah, 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 blah. Um, I will agree that the friendship was very, very much in the foreground in the movies. Yeah. But, but... You think the friendship wasn't in the foreground of Amok Time? They were watching a different TV series. <laughs> Obviously. Because that's just crazy. I don't see how you could watch Star Trek and not understand that the friendship was extremely important in that mm-hmm. show. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Wow, that's so weird. Now, here is a, um, a nice little bit about Nimoy as the director and, you know, writer and whatever of um voyage home Uh and this is what he said to judith and garfield reeves stevens Mm -hmm. his vision for the fourth star trek film was unusual no dying no fist fighting Mm -hmm. no shooting no photon torpedoes no phaser blasts no stereotypical bad guy i wanted people to really have a good time watching this film to really sit back lose themselves and enjoy it good 
good. Yes, and, I thought. And that's what they did, and that was wonderful. And everyone thinks the title of that movie is Star Trek, The One with the Whales. The One with the Whales, that's correct, yes. Okay, now let's see. Okay, here's when, now this I didn't know, and this is about um, generations. When Jean-Luc met Kirk, uh-huh. Paramount commissioned two separate generation scripts with the intention of obtaining the best story for the franchise. What they ended up going with was a classic Mobius strip brain teaser (laughs) about an evil Elorian scientist, Malcolm McDowell's Dr. Soran, or Soran, who chases a temporal ribbon called the Nexus, Mm -hmm. a slightly absurd space-time MacGuffin to bring Kirk and Picard face-to-face. The two captains distinguished duet comes late in the film in an event that Brett Spiner likens to Lucy Ricardo meets Rob Petrie. (laughs) Okay, I'm not sure I understand that. I don't understand it either. <laughs> Thank goodness. I'm glad well, glad you are the same with me. The most thing I don't understand is who's who. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, who's supposed to be Lucy I, I, Ricardo I here? I don't know. Well, maybe it's that Kirk is the more vibrant character and Rob is, you know, Mr. Suburbs kind of bland. I don't know. But but Rob isn't really bland. He's very, No, no. Okay. You know. I, I don't get that analogy at all. I don't understand well, it. Well, you know, when Dick Van Dyke, who played Rob, uh, his first big thing that he did was he started Bye Bye Birdie on Broadway yeah, yeah. with Cheetah Rivera. Mm-hmm. And either the director or the producer, I can't remember which, says, they're like tequila and milk. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that. Okay, here's what it has to say at the end of the article about generations. Um, they're quoting, you know, how he dies and, and what they say. And, and uh, Kirk says, least I could do for the captain of the Enterprise, says Kirk. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Actually, it was quite a bit more than that. It wa- is, was, and ever shall be the most indelible first contact in Trek history. I thought was a little interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Let's see. Oh, okay. This is something we got to do. Here's a thing about the toys and gadgets and costumes and mm-hmm. stuff. And there were a couple here. Uh, one is, and we just got to get together and search these out, maybe at the con on mm. YouTube and watch them all because I've forgotten them. Puppet Pigs in Space. The Muppet Show's hilarious recurring segment mm-hmm. first aired in season two and followed the adventures of the dashing Captain Link Hogthrob, mm-hmm. first mate Piggy, and Dr. Julia Strange Pork. I loved Pigs in Space. <laughs> so did I, but Pigs I want to see them again with space. you. <laughs> then here's something I didn't know, and there's a picture of it. An office building in Changel, China, for the game developer NetDragon Websoft, looks exactly like the USS Enterprise. Really? The Chinese executive Liu Dijian, mm-hmm. who owns the building, even contacted CBS in order to get permission to construct the office. Wow. And it does look exactly like it. Wow. I had no idea. Okay. No. That's, that's cool. Here's the, the last thing they list on, on this thing of, you know, tributes and stuff like that. Bum, 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 bum. Galaxy Quest. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
the razor-sharp 1999 big-screen comedy about the cast of a cult sci-fi TV show that aliens believe is real is crammed with pitch-perfect performances by Tim Allen, Sam Rockwell, Tony Shalhoub, Sigourney Weaver, and the late, great Alan Rickman. George Takei called it a chillingly realistic documentary. (laughs) That's right. I remember that. (laughs) Shatner pretended he didn't know who Alan was imitating. (laughs) Uh, And then let's see... What's at the end? Oh, there's a quiz. A quiz. Let's take it. And I haven't gone through it. Okay, it's called the Starfleet Final Exam. Okay, one point each. Which of the following is not a class of starship to which the Enterprise belonged? Okay. Is no. Well, it could only be in one class, right? Uh, okay, yeah. Okay, Constitution, Galaxy, Ambassador, Cruiser, Sovereign, Excelsior. Well, the, the Enterprise is a Constitution class, isn't it? Yes. Now I'm trying to read the upside down part. <laughs> to get to. Maybe we'll find they got all these wrong. Uh-huh. Answers D. D, Cruiser, the rest of them it, it belongs to? That's crap. Read the question again because I'm not sure I Which of the it. following is not a class of starship to which the Enterprise belonged? So they're saying it's in all of these Galax, Ambassador, Sovereign, Excelsior. Excelsior was a ship. It was a ship. That's, that's uh, moronic. That's a strange okay. question. Okay. Uh, uh... Okay. To what does the Picard maneuver refer? Uh, pulling down his shirt. <laughs> it does, actually. I thought you were going to say pulling down his pants. A military tactic devised by Captain Picard? A diplomatic tactic devised by Captain Picard? The act of pulling down one's jumpsuit <laughs> after standing both A and C. It's both A and C. Let's see. Yes. Yeah. The the pulling down the, the jacket thing was just on set. That was what they called it. Uh, but in the episode, it was some oh. military maneuver that he came up with. Okay. Gene Roddenberry named Q after whom? Oh. The Queen of England, Star Trek fan Janet Quarton, Freddie Mercury's band Queen, or actor Anthony Quinn? I have no idea. I didn't know he named it after anybody. Well, my guess is the Star Trek fan. Okay. Okay. Sure. And that's right. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad that. Oh you my had God! A better guess oh my God! In how many episodes does Captain Kirk remove or rip his shirt? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> In the original series. Seventy-nine. That's <laughs> not one of the choices. Fifteen, nineteen, thirty, fifty. I think I read somewhere that it was fifteen. It was. It's either fifteen or nineteen. Okay, let's see. That's question number. I think four. it's fifteen. Pretty sure. It is nineteen. Um. All right. Okay. I'm not I'm gonna skip these ones that aren't about stuff we're interested in. Good. Okay. How many episodes of Star Trek Phase Two were ordered but unproduced? Oh, um I wanna say Oh I your choices say... are I'm sorry. One, six, thirteen, or twenty two. I think it was six. Really? Well, I was gonna say thirteen, let's mm. see. Thirteen. No. Oh. Boy. Okay, this one, simple. What were the names of the two whales in the voyage home? <laughs> George and Gracie. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Willie and Eugene, a gay couple. <laughs> Alan and Rossi. Uh- <laughs> Coil and Sharp. 
oil and sharp. I don't know who that is. I don't know. They, they weren't the whales. They could have had a lot more fun with that particular question. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. Okay. Okay, here's Match, the captain of the ship. Who cares? Uh-huh. Okay, now we're at level two. Ooh, oh, level two. Wow. Okay. Is an admiral going to come and yell at us soon? <laughs> Pretty soon. In a Vulcan's life, Pond Far mating uh-huh. occurs how often? Annually, every five years, every seven years, once. I, I think we know the answer to that question. Yes, we do. Okay. Uh, how did Kirk defeat the Kobayashi Maru scenario as a student at Starfleet? Oh. He reprogrammed the computer. Uh-huh. He sacrificed himself to save the, queue, save the crew. Mm-hmm. He y- used a logic loop to overpower the computer. That's an interesting answer. Yeah. So is sacrificing himself. Yeah. He challenged the opposing captain to a duel. We know the answer. Yeah. What species first successfully created a cloaking device? Klingon, Vulcan, Romulan, Cardassian. We know. Yeah. Okay. With, uh, what original series actor also provided the voice for the Guardian of Forever in the animated series? Oh, it Walter- was doing. He did all the voices in the animated yes, series. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, the Klingon double-bladed weapon, the <laughs> Sword of Honor, is uh, the Batleth, Tajtik. Tajtik is what you serve at tea. <laughs> Kapla or Jem'Hadar? <laughs> the Jem'Hadar, that's a funny one. Um, yeah, I, are people now getting annoyed that we're not answering these questions? I'm wondering. I hope not. I hope they know these. The answer is Batleth, folks. Okay, which comedic actor was attached to Star Trek uh, for The Voyage Home? Eddie Murphy, that's the answer. Lily Tomlin, Chevy Chase, and Bill Murray. Wouldn't you love to see John Cleese as a Star Trek admiral? Oh, he would be a really good Star Trek admiral. Yeah, he really would. He he would be wonderful. You know, John Cleese was in a movie called Silverado, and he was wonderful in that movie. I saw that movie a long time ago. I love. I've seen that movie many times because it's a really, really good modern take on a western, and he's excellent in it. Mm-hmm. He is so good. You don't expect I him. I watched that again because I've forgotten he was in it. Yeah, and he kind of he kind of steals the the second part that he's in, and then he goes away, and his character doesn't come back. So it's not like you're waiting for him to show up. But he's wonderful in his little bit level three essay essay <laughs> what is this the SATs and the spelling counts yeah name the sport played by Bajoran children killing Cardassians I don't know let me read this it's called Spring Ball. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's not much of an essay. Name the actor who played the original captain in the unaired pilot, the cage, Jeffrey Hunter. Mm-hmm. Now this one, hmm, lists the rules of the prime directive. There aren't any rules of the prime directive. It's just non-interference. Well, here, they've got rules. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know that. All right. No identification of self or mission. No interference with the social development of said planet. No references to space or the fact that there are other worlds or civilizations. Hmm. I just read an article, and I meant to bring it up for the show, but obviously I didn't, about the Prime Directive. Mm-hmm. And there apparently was a lot more to it than I thought. But anyway. And the last one is, why did Gene Roddenberry invent Star Trek's transporter? Oh, to save money so that they wouldn't have to fly little ships back and forth. 
That's right. Yeah. He required an inexpensive alternative to having a spaceship land on a planet each yeah. week, which was prohibitive for a television budget. It was brilliant. It was a great idea. And where would we be without transporter accidents? Transporter accidents, absolutely. That... It would all be alien viruses. <laughs> now, there what really, uh, other than nice pictures, there wasn't a lot of interesting things in the Newsweek one. No. But, um... Let's see, what, what, oh, the interesting part, because I was going to bring this up anyway, they're calling it the ultimate fan fiction. It's about the Axanar thing and the fan films, mm-hmm. but I marked something, uh, let's see, James Cauley. Mm-hmm. who we know who he is, a fan producer who built detailed reproductions of the original Star Trek sets in his upstate New York studio, had a cameo in J.J. Abrams' 2009 Star Trek film. I'd forgotten that. Oh, okay. Now, for those of you who don't know, he built these because he got, he built the sets, started 17 years ago, when he got a copy of the blueprints for building it. And he built not just this the set, I mean, the rooms, he put them the way they were laid out in the studio. Mm-hmm. And they are very, very detailed. And now, uh, for it's like $25, you can go to Ticonderoga, New York, and tour it <laughs> mm-hmm. if you want. And I was thinking, well, he's making money then. How does that work? Well, with... okay, here's the answer. I, yeah, I saw the answer. It was right there in that article. Very interesting. Yes, Paramount also... Uh, borrowed props from Collie's studio for use in the series Star Trek Enterprise and named a ship in one episode, the Ticonderoga, mm-hmm. a reference to the fan producer's hometown. I didn't know that. I mean, I, I, I knew that I had heard the thing about using some of his props. Mm-hmm. So I think he's kind of got a pass on, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he checked with them. Can I have your okay to have people come in here and Pay 25 bucks. Well, it says here in, in the paragraph at, uh, where is this, treknews.net, mm-hmm. um, uh, he it meticulously creates the set of Star Trek, the original series, and has been licensed by CBS Consumer Products. That was the part I was looking for, and I couldn't find it. Yeah. So, yes. so what that means to me is that they are getting a cut. Basically, so yes, he is oh, making yeah. money, but they're getting a t- uh, they're skimming some money off the top or whatever, so they're getting paid for it. So what I'm wondering is, uh, he is licensed. Is he going to make more Star Trek fan films, oh. or is he just trying to get some money now off the set because he's being shut down by them? Have yeah. they okayed him? What's the story? There? I, I don't know. I I have heard a lot of silence coming from many of the mm-hmm. fan films and the. What people seem to think is that they're just waiting. Everybody's kind of put everything on hold, except for the Renegades people, who, mm-hmm. um, as we talked about in the last show, just dropped the Star Trek part, and they're continuing with Renegades, but they renamed all the characters. Mm. So they're going ahead, but they've detracted, and then everybody else is just not saying or doing anything. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, I enjoyed the Entertainment Weekly. Um, both of them cover all of Star Trek, all five series and, mm-hmm. and all of that sort of thing. But the Entertainment Weekly has, I think, better articles. Hmm. They both have a lot of the same pictures, of but course. they're all very high-quality, glossy paper, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, 
that's what I have to say. Now, if somebody read the Time Magazine one or read the Newsweek one in more in-depth than I did, I'd love to hear from you. Mm, cool. That's good. As you had some breaking news earlier, I have some mm-hmm. breaking news right now. Oh, my God. Go. Uh, because Bill was at Comic-Con in San Diego, mm-hmm. and he was on a panel. So uh, there are some news coverage pieces here and this is from the Los Angeles Times and I thought I'd just summarize. Okay. So he was on this panel celebrating the legacy of Star Trek. It was the 50th anniversary panel. So it was him, Brent Spiner, Michael Dorn, Jerry Ryan, and Scott Bakula. They were all there together. And what first caught my eye is that Brent Spiner's wearing a suit. Michael Dorn is dressed up wearing a suit jacket. Jerry Ryan is wearing a beautiful, very clingy white dress. Scott Bakula is wearing a suit. Bill is wearing a beat-up pair of jeans and a huge white linen shirt that billows around him like a muumuu. Was he like a last-minute addition? I know. I don't think so. You don't do that with Bill Shatner. I I don't know why he's wearing it. It's really weird. And his face is very sunburned and his toupee isn't very good. But it just looks so strange. Oh, man. Because everybody else is dressed really nicely and and Bill just looks like he kind of wandered in from the street. It's weird. Okay. Yeah. Bill, you really, really, really need someone to help you dress for events. He really really does. Anyway, so... They, uh, the coverage in the LA Times said that it was it was fun and good, and the first question was, who was your favorite captain? And this question was posed to the panel, and Jerry Ryan said, is anyone legitimately not going to say Kirk? <laughs> and everyone laughed, and Shatner said, I can't imagine that either. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. So that was good, um, and the the reporter says Shatner was the bell of the ball, but of all of the course. actors spoke fondly of their time on the respective shows and living in the Trek world created by Gene Roddenberry. There wow. were some lighter moments, including Dorn and Spiner doing spot-on impressions of Patrick Stewart. I've seen them doing those in videos, and, and yes, they do wonderful impressions of Patrick I've Stewart. I've seen um, Spiner do it at mm-hmm. a con, mm-hmm. and yeah. He's hilarious. Yeah. Panelists weighed in on their favorite species. Shatner chose Tribbles. <laughs> Shatner also did, you're going to love this, Shatner also did a little flirting with one super fan who ended up saying to him, you may do with me what you will, Mr. <gasps> Shatner. Oh. <laughs> so that did was good. Did she get a hug? It didn't say. It well, didn't say. I got a hug says, uh, when some in the crowd began murmuring when they spotted a questioner Star Wars t-shirt, Shatner insisted you could like both franchises. So that was good. Very diplomatic. Um, Fuller asked a question that many... F- so Brian Fuller was the moderator for this panel. Oh, okay. Sorry, I should have okay. mentioned that. Um, yeah. so, so Fuller asked a question that many fans have asked to Bill. If we were to undo Kirk's death, wouldn't it be wonderful to continue telling stories about Captain Kirk with you in that role? And Shatner said, hell yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course he did. So that sounds like it was fun, and I'm glad Bill was there. I, it doesn't say whether he was on any other panels or it was just this one. I think he was probably doing some autographs and pictures mm-hmm. as well, since that was a big thing. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the next time we talk with Bill, we really have to advise him on the clothing thing. Uh, yes, 
Yes, next time he shows up in my dreams, I'm going to tell him because we're friends. Could you? Could you? And really? in my dreams, I can say things like that. I mean, I am not kidding that this stupid shirt he's got on <laughs> comes almost down to his knees. Oh, and, and it's, it's a dress. And the shorts, it's supposed to be a short sleeve button down shirt, and the short sleeves are well past his elbows. Oh. Where did he buy this? I don't know. I mean, it's one thing for me to buy a, a Star Trek con outfitted, you know, <laughs> Ross dress for less, but... I don't know. It's just, wow. it's not good. It's really not good. And everybody else yeah. looks so sharp, and oh, I just feel kind of mm. bad for him. But, you know, he's the goddamn captain. I guess he'll just do what he He'll, wants. He can do what he wants. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to talk briefly about you can now get the Star Trek Trivial Pursuit. Oh, yes, yes. And the game. And somebody has given it five stars on Amazon. But Ooh. I do want to point out that if you decide to buy it, I did a little work. Mm. And the cheapest price I found, which was $10 under <gasps> Amazon and everybody else, is that cool stuff Inc. Wow, that's an amazing savings. It's am- amazing. By Grepthar's Hammer, it yeah, sure as hell what is. what a savings. So I want to scroll down and read uh, who gave it the five-star review. But also there's the people who like this also bought. Mm-hmm. And there is something called the Star Trek Panic board game. I saw that and I looked at the description and I still couldn't figure out what it is or how you play it. Oh, okay. Um Okay, here's the Trivial Pursuit thing. Boldly celebrate 50 years of Star Trek when you answer 1,200 questions from all five Star Trek television shows and the first 10 Star Trek movies. (laughs) Categories include crew members, locations, Starfleet, aliens, ships and science, and technology. Mm. Okay, I would be on the short shuttle, I'm pretty sure, (laughs) in that game. So where are the reviews? There's only one review on the page that I'm looking at right now and it's uh-huh. it's ridiculous. It says Oh read it, read it. Well it says top customer reviews, five stars. Here's the review. Great addition to my collection. <laughs> That's it. Okay. <laughs> Let me go read what the uh mega board game is. Okay. Take on a roll of a crew member from the classic series, defend the USS Enterprise from enemy threats and alien encounters, work cooperatively mm-hmm. to complete your five-year mission. Let's see what it says under maybe more info. Um, so it comes with a, um, a USS Enterprise ship model and cards. I think it comes with cards. Okay. See, this is what I can't figure out. Is like, How do you play it? Do you... Is it on a screen? Do you use cards? Do you write stuff down? Is it like well, Dungeons and Dragons? Do you have to roll dice or something? Here it says it's a cooperative game where players take on the roles of the original yeah. crew members. To win the game, players must successfully complete five missions and then clear any remaining threats from the game board. So I'm okay. thinking cards, dice, that sort of thing. Okay. All while keeping at least one section of the hull of the ship intact. This sounds an awful lot like you and me at Starfleet Academy. It, it, it really does. Because really you we're supposed to complete a number of missions. If at any point all six sections of the Enterprise are destroyed, players lose the game. Oh. So you're not playing against each other. You're playing against the game. Oh, okay. But so it's called Star Trek Panic. Panic. I guess Panic is the name of the game franchise and that oh. they have other Panic games. Okay. I would have thought they would call it Star Trek Red Alert or something. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't know why it's called panic. Are you supposed to panic? Or are you supposed to not panic? 
I don't know, but I like the idea that it's a cooperative game. You work yeah. together as a team. Yeah, that that would be good. It's it's appropriate for ages 13 and up. And Okay, that's us. Uh, one game, it, it estimates that to play one game takes you one and a half hours. Mm. <laughs> that's an investment. That sounds like maybe it would be good to play this game when you're drunk on Vulcan. Uh, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, it got good reviews. There's a bunch of reviews down here. Okay. So people like it. So if anybody out there knows how to play Panic or has played a Panic game that's not the Star Trek one, can you tell mm-hmm. us more about how it works? Because I'm, I'm still yes. a little confused. Uh, there's also a new book out, mm. and it has a trailer. And it's <laughs> Okay. It's called Little Red Shirt's Big Book of Doom. Oh, wow. Which I think is a fantastic title. Mm, it is. And if you click through and watch the trailer, it's um, it looks like it's a, a series of of cartoons or comic strip type things about Little Red Shirt. (laughs) And in the trailer, they go by, you know, fairly quickly. So if you really want to read them, you have to get the book. But I just, I love that title, Little Red Shirt. It is wonderful. I think that's cute. I think it's extremely cute. Yeah. Yes. I like it. And there is also now 50th anniversary Star Trek beer. Yes, I saw that beer. I have to say, um, I noticed on the the page that you sent the link to, which I believe mm-hmm. is is the actual page, right for the for the brewery. I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the Federation of Beer dot com. That mm-hmm. the actual name of the brewery is is Schmaltz Schmaltz Brewery. Oh my god! <laughs> I know that's not that's not a good name for a brewery. I don't uh-uh. like that. <laughs> No, oh my my goodness! Um, yeah. But uh, there is a map of first contact sightings. These are places you can buy it. Oh, there are a couple in Illinois. So if any of them are on the route on the way to Rosemont, which I kind of doubt, we might have to check that out. But we also have to go drop the dog off. So who knows? <laughs> um, there's a pre-order form, uh-huh. and they, when you click shop, uh huh. Uh, it's taking its time coming up, but when I went to there it earlier, it looked like there were several beers. Oh, although they haven't really announced what they are. Like the Vulcan Ale is a um, a oh no that the shop oh shop is T-shirts and stuff. Oh, okay. okay, but the one I want them to make and it's not listed as one of their beers. They have a great T-shirt and coaster for it, is Syndicate um, Lager. Ooh. And it's got a picture of a dancing green girl. Oh, okay. And I'm a lager fan. Uh-huh, and other than uh-huh. that, they do not have a lager. Oh. So um, so you cannot order the beer online, but you can go to Map of uh, Contact Sightings and find out where you can get it. But I, is it the pre-order form that listed there's like four beers? Yeah, it does. It, it, so there's it, Golden Anniversary yeah. Ale. And the Klingon one. But there's no pricing or anything on here. Like, yeah. I, I'm not going to order something without knowing how much it's going to cost right, me. Right, right. There's Star Trek Space, the final frontier. We don't know what kind of beer that no, is. No. There's Vulcan Ale. is called the Genesis Effect. So that, I'm guessing, is an ale. Uh-huh. The Klingon Warnog is Roggendunkel. Okay. Okay. Oh, it's a Red Session IPA. Oh, all right. I won't be drinking that then. I don't like yeah. IPA. So, um, gosh, you know what? If you scroll down and look at the can of beer they're showing, uh-huh. 
isn't that the enterprise from those those cool episodes? It is. Artworks? It absolutely yes. It absolutely is. Yes. Yes, and I'm this is all it. made in. Where it's P.O. Box. I don't know. Airdrie A B. Is that Canada? It's a Brit- I th- oh, it would be. It's Alberta. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Oh, Alberta. Okay. Oh. okay. And it, it's kind of cute. Up in the corner on the big logo, up in the corner of it, it says no bloody A, B, C, or D. No. <laughs> and apparently the guy who either makes this beer or did the logo or whatever is named Doug Drexler because he put mm-hmm. his name on it. <laughs> so um, we'll have to see. I mean, maybe we can get some and have it at the con. Oh, I would much rather drink that than um, I would drink more Romulan ale, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want any of that. That mm. would be bad. Uh, cool. Well, that seems that seems very interesting. I, mm-hmm. I like that. And yeah, I, I would drink it as long as it's not an IPA. I'll definitely, I'll drink it. Yep, yep. So, um... Is there anything else we want to talk about? There is one thing that I would like to talk about. Uh, well, I'm sorry, let's I'm just looking. It. I'm looking at the the web page for the Schmaltz Brewery. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not done with that. All right. Uh, I I just I can't quite. Wow, they're like, I guess it's a Jewish brewery because they're celebrating the launch. It says celebrate Hanukkah in July. <laughs> okay. All right. That's strange, but yeah, I think they're the people who actually make it. Okay, anyway, okay. let me get off of All that. All right. Okay. Um, getting back to the the interesting thing was that I had found this on. Um, here it is. Here we go. This was on Tumblr, and it was from somebody that I follow on Tumblr, and it was a piece of writing. And the person on Tumblr is oh, called yes. Blue Spock, and they post a lot of interesting Star Trek stuff. Maybe a little more Spock than I would want, but whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I believe it's a, a woman who runs this, and she wrote this great thing about Kirk. And I thought this would be a nice way to wrap up this episode. Oh, okay, go and, for it. And I totally, I love this, and I, it's absolutely the way we feel about Kirk. And and it was just so well written. So here we go. Okay. It says to all the gatekeeping white guys out there, <laughs> James T. Kirk is not your everyman. He's not your own self-insert male power fantasy. He's not your generic heterosexual protagonist who's too cool to care about the rules and regulations that come with his high-risk, high-responsibility job. He's not your depthless, heroic leading man who sees women as commodities and kills his enemies without a second thought. James T. Kirk is the embodiment of optimism for the future. He's proof that if people could be a bit kinder, a bit softer, and a bit more careful with how they treat others, the world might one day end up churning out a man like him. He's been through horrible, unspeakable things in his life, and he survived through it all to become the well-rounded, multi-layered, compassionate character you refuse to actually see and understand. He isn't someone who acts on impulse due to a lack of care or regard for consequences. In fact, that couldn't be further from the truth. When he does act on impulse, it's because he cares too much. He wears his heart on his sleeve, and he isn't afraid to show the ones he loves that he really is with them till the ends of the universe. That's a promise to them that he could never break, because he is, above all else, a man of his own word. James T. Kirk was not designed to be relatable. He was designed to be inspirational. Oh, yes. I thought that was just really, really nice. And yeah, it's true. It's all just so true. Yeah. 
Now, was this written maybe in response to Chris Pine's Kirk and yes. things going on in the uh, Kelvin universe? As the they Kelvin call universe. It? Yeah, I, I like think the Kelvin so. and Hobbes universe. <laughs> I think it was, I don't think it was to anybody in particular, no, but no. it was just a reaction to the way that, you know, Kirk gets, the new Kirk, I will say, the Chris Pine Kirk, the way mm -hmm. he is perceived and written and portrayed and how, as we have said many times, that's not really Kirk. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Um, I do want to bring up one thing about the Calvin universe that I was thinking about earlier today. I'm not mm -hmm. going to the movie, don't worry. <clears throat> um, we know some people who we don't really have contact with anymore, but who thought Star Trek TOS was all about Spock. Mm -hmm. And when this new this series of movies started, I, I, I originally thought, boy, they must love that. Mm -hmm. Spock is the hero. And then I realized what a lot of them loved about him was how fucked up he was, mm -hmm. you know, in conflict and everything. And this Spock is not fucked up. No, he's not. He he, he carries no pain for seeing Vulcan blown up and his parents. And no, he he's pretty much a well-adjusted guy. I mean, especially yeah. at the very beginning of the first movie, right? He's the one who's in charge at Starfleet Academy. You know, he's mm -hmm. in charge of assigning people to spaceships and stuff. Yeah, he, he's the responsible one. He's he's not the he's not a wooby as they say he's not all oh. angsty. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just thought I'd bring that up. I I don't want to actually talk to any of those people and ask them, mm -hmm. but I'm thinking they must definitely have. Um, they some of them I think will be even more upset about this new Spock than you and I are about mm -hmm. new juvenile Kirk. Yeah, I I was just thinking as you were saying that that like us they are probably going this isn't Spock. Yep. Enough ragging on that. Because <laughs> we could do that for the rest of time. I know. I am so looking forward to seeing you going to the con together, going yeah. to all the other things we have planned. One of our very, very favorite listeners, I won't name her on the air because I don't know if she wants me to, might be there. Ooh. And um, if you are going to be there, let us know. We want to see you. We want to mm -hmm. hang out with you. Mm -hmm. We want to get to know you and have you know, a Star Trek beer and Star Trek laughs and anything. It's going to be great. And we, we even have, we think, a little field report planned, but we're not going to talk about it until we know more about we it. We may have two field reports. Could be two field reports. We could be doing a lot of stuff. Um, oh, right. Well, one from us and one from this, this listener mm -hmm. might be doing a field report on something I haven't told you about yet. Mm, very, very exciting. So yes. all kinds of things happening. Mm -hmm. So if, if you are on top of news, you know, continue to look for the stuff coming out of Comic-Con because there was so much and there were a lot of different types of coverage. There's a lot at StarTrek.com, but also in the mainstream press, like that article I was reading from in the LA Times. And now that they've mm -hmm. announced the title for the new Star Trek series, I'm sure there'll be a lot more stuff coming out little by little. We'll get yes. to know more about it. Um, I, just briefly, the movie opened this weekend, and I saw that it, it got generally pretty good reviews. Mm -hmm. And it did not do as well financially as they thought it would. But, yes, I read that. Uh, people still were saying, yeah, it's okay. It, it's fine. There was something in the plot that, that summary that I saw that I didn't quite understand. So I'm going to have to go and, and read plot summaries to see what it is. And then maybe we'll talk about it on the next show. Even without having seen this, there's a thing that they did that I, I don't know if I approve. 
Oh, okay. I wanted to, um, if I can get to it really quickly, mm-hmm. wanted to read you something that was on the Shatner Facebook. Uh-huh. Okay, this is from somebody, I won't name him. He says, I just saw the latest Star Trek movie. Oh. Spoiler, dot, dot, dot. Uh-huh. Alert. He puts alert after alert. spoiler, dot, 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 which I think is pretty cute. At the start, it may look like it's another try recreating Trek. But it is not. Hmm, okay. It is two hours of senseless violence, oh. action, and special effects. There is no science fiction. There is nothing cerebral. It is pure garbage. It made no sense. And true spoiler, Kirk doesn't even get the sexy woman. Oh, wow. Boy, yes. that that's a disaster. <laughs> well, and people have been responding to it, and I'm not going to go through them all right now, but... Um, a number of people have have said, "Well, I liked it, you know, for what it was." But the 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 Justin Lin, bam, bam, explode, run, drive fast, uh-huh. you know, thing. Uh-huh. Just that that's what it is. Huh. Okay. So. All right. Um, well, we'll have to read more. And listeners, really, we would love to hear what you think about the yes. movie if you've seen it, because you guys know what you're talking about. So much better from you than from a movie critic or, you know, maybe from people who are predisposed to hate it like us. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's wrap this up. This is a very, very long show. <laughs> Well, thank you, as always, for being our listeners. We we love you all. Thank you for all of the things that you contribute to the show and for hanging out on the Facebook page with us because that's that's pretty much a fun place to be. And thank you for uh, retweeting and talking about the podcast and all the things you do for us. We love you. We love you. All right. Till next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>